Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and our word on KCB 106.5 FM Los Angeles 102.3 FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs Welcome back into the House of Mystery. I'm Al Warren. Today joining me is author researcher Rob Gutrell. Thanks for being here, Rob. Uh, thanks for having me back, Al. Nice, nice to be back. So now uh, you've written a new book. I have. It's um, it's called Case Files of Inspired Ghost Tracking, and um, I am actually one of the mediums on the group, um, and one of uh, several mediums. Um, and uh, I'm also I also tend to be the one that writes all the cases up. <laughs> so it was very easy for me to compile this yeah. uh, this book. So now, so where are you? Uh, it says inspired ghost tracking. So where did you get all this from? Like you go out um, searching, like ghost hunting, as they call it, and and this is sort of uh, your your results, or is it from other people? Uh, so this is all ours. Um, so inspired ghost tracking was founded in 2009 here in Maryland, um, which is where I am located, um, and the group. Is a, is a paranormal group, and we receive uh, emails or or calls from people throughout the state who have problems that they may deem paranormal. So, what we do is we put together. We have a, a questionnaire that's pretty extensive that the manager Margaret Ehrlich will send them. It's uh, I think it's probably about ten to fifteen pages. And it asks them for uh, what their experiences are. And she also covers basic stuff, too, that we need to know, like how old the home is, how many 
how many people live there, how many people experience things. Does anybody use drugs or alcohol or anything? Because we want to rule everything out. Um, so once Margaret deems something worth investigating, then she lets her core group know. Now, her core group consists of about 12 to 15 of us. Um, three of us are, of which are mediums. And, uh, the technical folks go in first, and then the mediums come in, in on a different day. So, now, um, what, so when you're actually getting, uh, something, someone reports to you something paranormal in these cases, and they fill out their, their paperwork, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, they, they turn out to be, uh, as normal as you'd like them to be, you know, like as you were saying, like you've checked out for drugs and weird stuff, and you kind of you so you've eliminated a lot of things, and so they so you've decided that uh, it would be worth investigating. Um, mm-hmm. When you when you do that, um, how do you, how well? First of all, how do you decide um, how you're going to investigate? I mean that is in um, uh, do you keep the family members out of it? Do you um, like what are what's your little steppings? Like how do you choose what you do? So that's a great question. Everything um, everything is run pretty much the same. So once once Margaret goes through the questionnaire to determine the nature of what may be a haunting, she will do a phone call and do um, an interview by phone and. After that, she will set up a date. So just the homeowner is there, um, uh, and the homeowner can meet us and let us in, let the technical folks in, um, and then we. And usually, we ask the homeowner to um, to stay out of the house, so that there's no, you know, there's no noises or other things because we try what we try to do is restrict the area of course so that we don't have any any bleed over or or other noises um that we may mistake as being paranormal uh, so typically nobody is in the home when we when we set up and do an overnight now i'm not one of the overnight guys because i'm a medium um the technical guys consist of people who run thermal cameras infrared cameras um Visible uh, video cameras. Uh, they use uh, digital thermometers to measure temperature changes because when a ghost shows up, um, because ghosts are energy, they what they do is they slow down the movement of molecules of air in order, and they take that motion, that energy of motion, and that's slower. Slower moving molecules of air are cold air. Warmer moving, uh, warmer air is faster moving molecules. So we know wherever there's a cold spot, there may in fact be an entity that's trying to come together. Um, so those technical people uh, spend the night, really. Um, and they investigate all the different rooms that there, there are paranormal problems reported. And then they put together an assessment. And then, then they go away and they go through all the data and the mediums come in the next day. And then we get our impressions, and then we combine everything. So now I noticed, like in the outline of the book, um, mm-hmm. you mentioned things like um, uh, 
Um, it, it sounds all pretty scary, like double murder, ghost investigation, and that was and, scary, and things like that. Now, is <laughs> is that is that what you choose for the book itself? Like, first of all, I should say this. Now, not all hauntings are because of a double murder. Sure. And so, when is that the only ones you take? Um, so, if someone, if it's a place that there's really been no major crime or murder or violence that you know about and that you can find out about, but people are still complaining about some sort of paranormal activity. Will you still go investigate that? Sure. Um, and the thing is about the double murder investigation case that's highlighted in the, this book as just one of the chapters, we didn't really know uh, what had happened until after the investigation. So we uh we have uh, an historian on the uh, on the team who goes and researches um researches things afterward so that we have an idea of you know if there was anything that matches what the mediums came up with um so uh, we, yeah no we just we take any case that we deem is a possible haunting and we won't know the reason why uh, there may be a ghost who has chosen to stay in a particular place until after the investigation is over and we put our notes together. So in these murder cases like that, like the double murder uh, and that, so do, do you find them to be a much more violent haunting, I guess you would call it, more more disruptive? That one was definitely the darkest one, I think. Um, most of the other, actually all of the other cases, I think, um, there were no murders involved, but people did die in, in the various dwellings um, or people had lived in the dwellings and died somewhere else but came back to haunt those particular places. Um, there was only one exception, I think, in this, and that is a that is in Chapter 8 called The Spirit Dog, the Grandmother, and the Burned Ghost. Now, the burned, the burned ghost was um, was actually somebody who... Uh, attached themselves, who, who, who actually died in a hospital and attached themselves to the person who lived in the house and came back to the house with that person. Wow. Um, so when, when you're dealing with this and you do get something that's very disruptive or very dark, um, mm -hmm. how do you handle that? Well, we, um, we typically, uh, Kind of do a uh, kind of a prayer of protection, or we call on law. We call upon positive energy to, to cover us. Um, it's really more of a combination of our emotional energies together. Uh, usually, we will stand in a circle and try and uh, picture the white light or positive emotional energy around us to protect us. And after every. Um, investigation, Margaret uh, likes to hand out chocolate for us because chocolate raises naturally raises our endorphin levels and um, it makes you feel good. And, and chocolate has a way of purging the negative energy. The chocolate ghost hunters. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm all for that. Yeah. No, but you, do you actually think, okay, so when, when there's a someone that's been murdered or some sort of violent activity that happened in a place 
and mm-hmm. you go there, and there's a lot of disruption, a lot of uh, darkness, and there's a lot of it, it's a very hard place for whoever it is living there because of this. Um, is there really any resolution that's going to happen? We actually have resolved most of these cases. Um, and, and what resolution means is really crossing over a ghost. So just to give you a little bit of, of background, it's important to know these things, is that um, – when a living person dies, the energy that is within them couples with their memory, personality, and their knowledge from this life. And then they make a choice to stay here earthbound at a fixed location of their choosing, someplace that they knew when they were alive. Um, and that's what I call a ghost. A spirit is one of those that, that energy that chooses to cross over, go through the light, go to the other side, to heaven, Valhalla, whatever you want to call that other side. So a ghost is earthbound at a fixed location of their choosing, and a spirit has crossed over. Now, often we find that uh, some of these ghosts, like in the historic places that we've been, just either liked their home. Um, some may have died there. Um, we One of the chapters in this book is about the Dr. Samuel Mud home. Now, Samuel Mudd, for those listeners who don't know, was um, a doctor that treated John Wilkes Booth, the assassin of President Lincoln in the Ford's Theater. John Wilkes Booth, after he assassinated the president, jumped on a horse and rode to southern Maryland, and he stopped at Samuel Mudd's house. Now, Mudd was apparently a well-known doctor, and um, when... Booth had assassinated the president. He jumped on stage and he broke his leg. So he made the doctor set his leg. And the doctor was convicted of being an accomplice. Um, But history goes back and forth, whether or not he was or he wasn't. Um, When I went in there and investigated the Samuel Mudhouse on my own, aside from the IGT group, I kept hearing, and I didn't even know who he was until I went there. Um, I kept hearing, I am innocent. I am innocent. Um, and then I found out exactly what that meant, that he did not conspire with John Wilkes Booth. But he chooses to haunt that house, which is now a historic landmark in southern Maryland. You know, um, so, so now have, have any of your um, investigations have you have you gone to places that people um, had been violently treated by these ghosts or spirits? Uh, the group has gone to different places. Yes, um, none of those are really uh, highlighted in this uh, collection. Um, for instance, the, the the group will often go to Gettysburg. Uh, the site of one of the most famous Civil War battles where uh, thousands died. I can't actually go to Gettysburg because as a medium, it's like hearing 10,000 people screaming at me from the afterlife, and it's overwhelming. Um, but primarily what this this book is about, it's about private investigations that we were called to do, and we were called into these houses to help people. Um, there are a couple of exceptions um, in in this book because we ha- we were also asked to do uh, put together a ghost tour of the Federal Hill neighborhood of Baltimore. 
So that was kind of interesting because none of us knew anything about the Federal Hill neighborhood of Baltimore. So I walked around um, with with Margaret, the group's leader, and Rhonda, the historian, and um, and got impressions of different things that happened in different different buildings or outside of different buildings. And Rhonda, the historian, was actually able to prove all of these things and all of these people who died in the various ways that were still haunting those places in Baltimore. Hmm. You know, you you're mentioning Ouija boards as well. So, do you hmm. do you take Ouija boards in, or are you talking about people that live there or already living in the house and they bring Ouija boards in? It's people who had lived who, who lived in a house and they uh, they used Ouija boards to either either for fun or um, or to connect with somebody on the other side. Now, the inspired ghost tracking group really um, kind of denounces the use of Ouija boards. We don't we don't think it's a good practice to get into because basically using a Ouija board is like opening a door to the outside and anybody can come in, anybody at all, whether good or bad. And often we have found that bad energy loves to find open doorways. Um, so one of the cases in this particular book is – called Ouija Board Floods a Home with Dark Energy. And, uh, and we were called to a home um, by the homeowner who – and we didn't know that there was Ouija Board use in, in this home, although that's one of the questions the, the owner um, didn't answer it. So uh, when we got there, I think there were five or seven members of the family, and I can't remember the exact number, but all of them were physically sick. Every single one of them. Um, so we wanted to know what was going, and they were sick with different ailments. So it wasn't like they had a, a you know a virus or a flu or anything, and they were sharing it. it that wasn't the case. Um, we asked them when this all started, and all of them developed these different ailments over the course of a couple of months. When one of the relatives. Um, who, who was living in one of the rooms, um, as it turned out, started using a Ouija board. So when we went into this particular investigation, uh, both myself and Troy and, and Tom, the other two mediums, we sensed in one particular room in the front of the house, I remember this very distinctly, a very heavy feeling and, uh, and it was very dark. Um, the room itself was was kind of strange because it was separated. It, it seemed to be light on one side and dark on the other, and the the windows were open, but still there was a deep shadow on one side of the room. Can't explain that, um, but it turns out that there was a portal that this Ouija board opened, and it invited a lot of dark energy into the house, and that dark energy wound up making these people physically sick. Wow. So what, what do you do then? How do you, how do you make them better? Well, there's a number of things that I put in the book about the ways that we, um, we recommend bringing energy, like positive energy into the home. Um, you know, first of all, open all the shades. Bring as much natural light as you possibly can into a home. Uh, because light will dispel darkness, of course. Um, and, you know, just like, just like sunlight will, help uh, dissipate 
like a virus, considering we're dealing with viruses right now around the world. Um, light will help do that with negative energy. Um, we also recommend playing soft music, lighting candles, doing anything to elevate the mood, the emotional energy level in the house. Um, we also use uh, different kinds of, of um, things to clear the house, like sage and uh, sweetgrass. So we'll, we'll burn some sage and sweetgrass and go into different areas of the house to try and clean it out. We, we do that an awful lot, um, and that really helps. And that, and that uh, practice goes all the way back to Native Americans. So now a lot of people um, have a religion or a religious background. Does mm-hmm. that influence what you do? Uh, no, it does not. Um, people can be of any religion or of no religion. It doesn't really matter to us at all. Um, because I am a meteorologist, I'm a scientist, all of the books that I have written about the paranormal, and this is the seventh, um, it is all about energy. The foundation, to me, the, the foundation of the paranormal is really about energy. You know, we, be, we become energy, we, we are energy now as living beings. We become energy on the other side as a ghost or a spirit. And they need energy to get strong enough. Physical energies or emotional energies are what they draw on. So people can, if people are of a religious nature, they can apply their religion to the science of energy and, and explain it whatever way that it makes them feel comfortable. So how how does that affect you in your own way, like um, with your own religion and stuff? Well, I'm uh, you know I'm a recovering Catholic, so um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I grew up Catholic, but I don't practice. Um, so you know, for me as a scientist, I really focus on energy, um, and and I believe that you know people can believe whatever religion or non-religion they want, whatever helps them get through life and and find the positive side of life and, and uh, appreciate every single day. That's all that matters to me is that, you know, be good to each other. Um, and that's what spirits on the other side ha- have told me all the time. So in my book, Lessons Learned from Talking to the Dead, I, I touch upon that, that spirits on the other side, they don't care what religion you are. Because on the other side, there is no religion. It's, it's all about love and energy and positive energy. and everybody, there, So there's no religion on the other side. We use religion here as a guide to, uh, to live our lives better. So uh, why do you think that um, people... I don't know how do you say... What, so... Why why do uh, some of these ghosts stay and haunt places while others don't? And I and I mean that not as simply as um, you know you talk about a, a murder and stuff. There is mm-hmm. a lot of murder and a lot of violence, and sure. especially in the states, and um, every year. So mm-hmm. why is it selective? Why is there only certain ones that uh, decide to um, carry on and not others? Well, that's a good question, and it all comes down to um, it personal choice. So, it, as we talked about, everybody has maintains their memories, their personality, and their knowledge from this life, 
And um, some will choose to stay for various reasons, whether they think they can help their loved ones cope with their passing, um, whether they just want to stay in the house in which they grew up. Um, others may be confused when they die, like uh, people who are murdered, for instance. Um, and they wake up on the other side uh, they, well, they wake up as, as energy here on Earth, and they're confused. They don't remember that they were killed, um, and, and they may wander for a while. Um, I ran into that kind of thing when I drove by the site of what was an accident um, back in 2005, and um, they, I sensed a, uh, a man. Um, he was Hispanic, and he was walking around in a daze. When I checked with my partner who had driven by that site on the way to work like four hours earlier, he said there was a car accident and someone was killed driving a, t- a pickup truck coming off the highway. And it turned out to be a Hispanic man. Um, so he was, he was just dazed and he lingered there as a ghost for about two days. And I drove by again and I, and I told him, instructed him to go into the light and he did. But if, if I wasn't there to guide him, he probably would have still been there. Um, so, but not everybody stays behind um, because usually, whenever we die, the light seems to open and stay. It stays around for a couple of days, and our loved ones on the other side will will call us to join them, and that's usually what happens. Um, but people do go to their own wakes and their own funerals because we want to see who goes. <laughs> and then they go on. Uh, what if you hate everybody in your family? <laughs> what if you- <laughs> well, I mean, you say they call, they're calling you and stuff, but what if you can't stand them? Well, uh, see, on the, on the other side, it's different because we, have, we get an awareness that, um, that there really is underlying love despite you know, what, what we may feel through earthly emotions. Um, and regardless of that, there is always going to be somebody on the other side that you will want to go see. Whether it's a, it's a great grandmother that you never met and you feel so drawn to them, um, when the light, when the light shows up. Um, so there's always somebody, you know, certainly for people who have pets, our pets are waiting on the other side. And if we, you know, I know my pets are more than an inspiration enough for me to, to jump over into the light. Um, so, so we have to cross ghosts over. So, and that's what we do. Um, and we like the the protection that we do before we go into a, a place that may be haunted. We also have to combine our emotional energies to concentrate and open a portal to the other side, and then call on the relatives of the person, of the ghost, to convince the ghost to cross over. We did that with the burned ghost, as a matter of fact. How do do you decide which ones you're going to put in the book? Is there a theme to the ones that you put in this book one? Um, No, there really isn't, because every single case that we do is different. Um, For instance, there's one chapter on many ghosts in a historic Maryland mansion. I think there are about maybe six different ghosts from different time periods in that. Um, there was – I talk about cases where there was just residual energy, which is just 
emotional energy left behind by the living uh, that that was very dark that caused problems um i i talked this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive and june olive and june gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box and if you break it down it really comes out to two dollars a manicure which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. About um, uh, a, a preacher and a cook uh, um, and haunted chairs in one particular investigation that we did. Um, it, was, it was a church at one time and then it was turned into um, – Kind of a community center where there was a restaurant in the in the basement, um, and then it became a museum. So there was all kinds of things going on there from different time periods. Um, so there really is no theme. It's just that every investigation can stand on its own as as um, a way to. It's a way to show people that you never know what's going on in somebody else's house, whether normal. 
or paranormal. Does that make any sense? Mm, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think's gonna What do you think's gonna happen to um, all of the people that have died from this virus going around? Well, I would I would guess that ninety nine percent of them are are going to cross over. Um, and what's really tragic is the fact that they. Uh, that they often have to die by themselves without the relatives being in the hospital. But I want, I want everybody to know that uh, one, thing, one thing you need to know is that when we are about to cross over, our loved ones in spirit will show up. I know that when um, – so they are not alone. They, they may be – you may not be able to be there, but someone that has passed before them – will be there for them. So they really are not alone. And you, ha- you need to take comfort in that. Um, and and I, can, I can reckon that to the case of my own mother because my mother, my mother had a stroke in 2013 and um, she was in a coma for five days. And uh, when, I, when I got up there, she, lives, she lived 400, 500 miles away. When my husband and I got up there, um, my dad, who had passed in 2008, um, he walked in the room in spirit, and he was carrying the family dog. And um, my dad said to me, your mother doesn't want you guys here. In other words, me and my husband and my brothers and their wives. So I said, okay, Dad, um, I will tell them that. And then he let my mother know he was there. Um, so for the first time in four days, there was nobody staying overnight with my mother after I told my brothers what my dad had said. And, you know, fortunately, they believe me. <laughs> they, don't, they, don't think I'm, they don't think I'm crazy. Yeah. And, 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 you know, what happened was five hours later, my mother passed. My mother crossed over and met my dad. Hmm. Yeah, but you think like a lot of these people, um, when you get sick, you know, if you get the flu or something, and and like this virus is similar, you get very sick. Um, wh- when you first get this, you're not thinking you're going to die. So, um, but as it goes on, and you get put in the hospital, and then all of a sudden you're isolated. Sure. Um, do you think there's going to be a lot of people that have died that um, have wanted to say things to other people before they died, or made connections, and now they can't? And so instead of crossing over, they're going to hang out? Sure. There's, there'll always be a few um, that will do that. Um, but what's also important to know is that the spirits on the other side that will ask you to come over will also instruct you, um, those who are dying, that they have a much easier way to communicate with their loved ones uh, in spirit than they would as an earthbound ghost trapped to a certain location. So when you cross over, you're not angry anymore, and, and you don't. There's no. There's no anger or hate going on, is there? Um, there may be some anger. Um, I don't think there's hatred, um, but you know we do maintain our personalities. So if you're, you know, if you were kind of a jerk in life, you're going to be a jerk in death. But um, <laughs> you talking about me again? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> um, but people will hold on to that. Uh, you know, they will hold on to that personality. Um, well, I'm just thinking revenge. You know, is there some sort of cases of revenge? Uh, no, I don't think so. 
I, I don't, you know, because we, we get a more of a, a reckoning. There's, there's more of an awakening on the other side. Um, and we lose all the, all the feelings to want to hurt others in spirit. Oh, maybe you do. Go, yeah, well. <laughs> But, so that's the difference between a ghost too. Is that you know ghosts uh, because they're they're still earthbound, they can still terrorize people. Um, I remember going into Greyfriars Bobby C- uh, Cemetery in Scotland, and I know in one part of that cemetery there's a there's a ghost who's pretty well renowned to be nasty, and he certainly was, and I didn't want anything to do with him. Well, I just uh, you know. Uh, so I just nobody going to come back and and get someone else uh, for revenge or something because yeah. they know you did something or well that's too bad. Um, <laughs> well, so what do you hope people get out of the book? Like when you when they buy the book and they read it, what, mm-hmm. what's the most important thing that you hope they uh, walk away with? Well. Uh, the most important thing that they they need to know is there's much more beyond the normal than than we see, um, and that there is there is an afterlife, and you can choose to live it here on Earth, or you can choose to live it um, beyond Earth. Um, but choosing a life on Earth as a ghost is not a good idea because it's very limiting. Um, you can only stay in the place in which you have chosen. Um, and as an earthbound ghost, as you'll read in many of these case files, um, that earthbound ghosts were um, putting fear into the, the people who live in these homes. Um, we, there are several cases in here where there are children involved in, in, these, in these stories, and the children were absolutely petrified of what they encountered. Um, so... So being an earthbound ghost is not a good idea. Everybody needs to cross over and go into the light. Um, and you also don't know really, you know, if, if you're not a medium, if you're not somebody who's sensitive, when you go into a home, you never know who has an invisible roommate. You never know who has a ghost in there. Um, and, and ghosts will also, one of the things I talk about in here is, is, Emotional energy and ghosts and spirits. So here's one thing you need to know. Um, ghosts and spirits use physical energies and emotional energies to get strong enough to communicate. Physical energies like heat, light, water, electricity. Earthbound ghosts draw on those negative emotions. They draw on anxiety and fear, a depression and anger. Those are the things that fuel an earthbound ghost. And what happens is, because they are negative energy, they emit negative energy back to the living, and they cause the living people in the house to become uh, fearful or anxious or short-tempered. So it's a vicious cycle when you have a ghost in your home. And that's why, as Inspired Ghost Tracking, we, we go into homes to try and cross ghosts over for two reasons. One to bring peace to the families that are living there, and two, to bring peace to the ghost who found themselves trapped in a place for eternity that they didn't belong in. Well, that's that's a whole mouthful. Yeah. 
Um, I just, just came right out of my head. Just came right. <laughs> you're amazing. Um, wow, that's pretty incredible. So, how many books are you going to put in this? Like, how many? What, what was this? Is book one? So, what do you have a particular goal in mind? Um, I, I think that uh, two books would be enough to to give you know the average person a good idea about different things that you find in uh, in different people's homes. Um, because, as I said, the, every one of these paranormal investigations are different. Um, we uh, there was another investigation where we ran into the ghost of a steel worker who worked in Baltimore, and and he had uh, he had two sons, and the reason he chose to haunt this particular house uh, was because. The, there were two boys also in this house, and they were also into the sport of boxing, which is what he was he was teaching his sons. So every ghost has their own story. Um, it, you know, it doesn't have to be a murder. This guy died of just a, a natural death, but he chose to stay behind. Um, there was even um, there was even a spirit dog in one of these investigations that we had to. Um, we had to go in and figure out, and 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 I took uh, I took my dog, one of my dogs, on the investigation in order to solve that mystery and figure out who it was. Um, it was a spirit, though; it wasn't an earthbound ghost. It was a spirit who was visiting from time to time. So there's so many different uh, different aspects of hauntings. You know, everybody thinks that uh, that hauntings are all bad, or that ghosts will stay behind purposely to to cause trouble. Well, a lot of them don't purposely stay behind to cause trouble. It's just that their negative energy will adversely affect the living. Um, and their presence, if they get seen, and most of them do, as maybe shadows, and I can explain that in a second, um, when they get seen as shadows, they cause fear in, in the living people. You know, Because if, if you're the only one home and you see... The shadow, uh, you know, an outline, a silhouette of a of a man crossing from one room to another down the end of your hallway, you're going to be scared. <laughs> um, so every every ghost has its own story, and that's that's what I'm trying to get across in this. And you'll read about all the uh, the different um, the different people that we have come to find out um, that that dwell in these hauntings. So. Uh, and we have we've been able to confirm quite a number of them and get their their backstories through history. Um, so it's really interesting. And so shadows, what do you mean by that? So shadow figures. Um, so there's been a lot of talk about what a shadow figure is. Now, um, some people think shadow shadow figures are their own an own their own entity, and they're not human. Well. My take is because ghosts are energy, if a ghost doesn't have enough energy, it won't – the person or, or animal will not show up in full color. They can only show up as kind of a shadow, as a silhouette. Think of a light bulb where you, you, know, you have a, a dimmer switch and you only turn the dimmer just a little bit and it only lights up very, very dim. If you turn that all the way up, then you can see the entire outline of the light bulb. And that's kind of what it's like to be a ghost with energy. Um, if a ghost has enough energy, they can be visible 
totally visible in color. Um, if they don't, they can they're pretty much uh, limited to shadow figures. Hmm. What's your take on reincarnation then? Uh, oh, I totally believe in reincarnation. Um, we all we all come back, um, and we're all connected when we come back in one way or the other. So uh, usually what happens is we wait until everybody that we know in this life crosses over and then everybody comes back together and we're all linked together. And that includes people's pets too. I think we've talked about that before in a different show. Wow. There you go. I'm getting old. Can't remember things anymore. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, there's there's one other aspect of these uh, of the of the book that that we haven't talked about yet, and that is poltergeist activity. Okay. We we have um, uh, it, some of these case files that that I have in the book include poltergeist activity. Now, in German, that means noisy ghost, but it really isn't a ghost. Um, so a poltergeist is really activity that simulates a ghost, but it is caused by the um, emotional state, extreme emotional state of a living person. And usually, in a couple of the cases in here, we have found that they are caused by um, they were caused by two teenagers. One of which was uh, insanely jealous of her sister. So uh, <laughs> we had to kind of figure that out. And, well, how can you tell? Um, so the observation of if you observe the family members um, in in one particular case, after we did the investigation, um, all the family members came back in and. Uh, one of our investigators, actually uh, Tom, my husband Tom, noticed that the old, an older sister uh, um, was seemed to be very, very jealous of the younger sister and tried to talk over her all the time and and wanted to be first with everything. And so he brought that to my attention, and then we started, you know, we talked to other members of the team about poltergeist activity and. And poltergeist activity can, you know, it, that energy can show like a, a dark shadow at the end of a bed, or it can move things. Um, emotional energy can do a lot of different things. As it turned out, um, the uh, the girl did have a history of being extremely jealous of her sister, and we made some recommendations that helped fix everything. Well, how does that happen? How do you, how can you resolve that? Does she, does that other person need to get uh, psychological help, or what? What's where do you direct them? Yeah, they do. They need to get counseling. They need to get counseling to learn to to really deal with their own emotions and their own feelings. Um, so you know that's beyond me because I'm not a counselor, but um, but that's really what it takes, and that and that's what happened. Now, does that um, kind of activity only come from teenagers in general? Um. It's most common in teenagers, but it, it could be generated by anybody, really. Somebody with enough emotional energy um, can can potentially can do that. Now, did you have you come across any sort of possessed people or anything like that? 
No, we haven't. Um, we've, we've not come across anybody who is possessed. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a believer in demons. Um, you know, there are some team members that, that believe in them. Um, I, I don't believe in demons. I think that, that demons are really just um, dark life forms. They could be potentially from another solar system, you know, because they're – you know, as I've said before, there are 3,800 exoplanets um, that are in the right place to support life, and there are another 4,800 that we're still investigating. Um, there's definitely life out there somewhere else. And and when that life reaches our planet, they could be hostile. Um, so, you know, just as we can go there, they can come here. Who knows? Um, so, you, so you're thinking that those people you see were um – they act possessed by some sort of demon, you know, like the, you know, spitting and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think that um, it's not necessarily a mental condition, it's something else? It, um, it, could, be, it could be a mental condition, and they could be actually um, influenced by an earthbound ghost. Hmm. Because earthbound ghosts can definitely attach themselves to people, um, and they can... And you know, if the person is is of a weak mind, I would guess um, they can definitely manipulate manipulate people to do stuff. Um, I mean, if you think of hypnosis too, I mean, it doesn't mean that you're weak minded. It just means you're more open uh, to things. People can be hypnotized. Um, you may liken it to that. You know, there's so many things we don't know, so I, I couldn't I couldn't answer the question for sure so now uh, with the virus and everything i guess you're not really doing uh book signings or readings or anything like that um or are you no uh no uh, social distancing so i talk to people by the <laughs> by the internet um and you know they can get my books by ebook if they don't want to touch a physical book or or by paperback um and uh and and people can connect to me you know online all the time Okay. So how do people get a hold of you? Do you have a website? I do, I, and I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it's, um, it, they can get to me by robgutro.com, R-O-B-G-U-T-R-O.com, or petspirits.com, because I'm kind of known as a pet medium. Um, or, or just type in G-U-T-R-O on Amazon. Um, all, all my books are up there. Um and there, there, there's a couple of different ones. I mean, from earthbound ghosts to spirits that have crossed over to, to animal spirits and ghosts. Um, and I think I was – I last talked to you about my other book, Kindred Spirits, where I befriended a, the spirit uh, of a man that I never met in life. So all mm. kinds of cool different things. Mm, seeing another man. So um, <laughs> where do you, yeah. So what do you plan on doing next? Do you plan on – on writing still and and keep pursuing this, or are you going to do something different? Oh, I've got a whole bunch of stuff lined up. Um, so uh, until the, the coronavirus hit, I was going to animal rescues up and down the uh, the East Coast here in the U.S. and doing fundraising lectures about how pets communicate from the other side. Um, so I'm taking to Facebook Live because I, I have two Facebook pages, um, and I've done a couple of, of, of talks of that. Uh, on there, um, and I welcome people's questions and all kinds of things. Um, and I, I have several books. Uh, I've got Pets Three and Pets Four coming out. One's 
one I'm focusing on dogs, one I'm focusing on cats. Um, and, and these will be different than the other two, uh, slightly different because they'll have a chapter on how to actually cope with grief. It's not just how pets communicate from the other side, but there'll be a, a, a chapter on how to cope with your own grief by a, uh, a friend of mine who is in the medical profession. Um, and I've got more. Um, the hauntings of uh, ghosts that I've encountered in Scotland and Ireland when I went on vacation there a couple of years ago. That one's coming up too. Mm. So is it different when you're in a different country? Like um, do you have different experience with with these uh, crossed over ghosts or do you find it to be much the same? It's pretty much the same, um, except that if I'm in a country that's non-English speaking, uh, sometimes I will hear <laughs> I will hear uh, an earthbound ghost speaking in their language. Um, actually, there's a case in here uh, where um, one of the homeowner's uh, fathers came through to me, and he was speaking, I think he was speaking in Italian. And I only recognized it because my mother was Italian, and she would speak in Italian every now and then. And um, and I asked her who that was, and she said, oh, my gosh, that's, that's my dad. So... Yeah. How how do you know then? Like when you're getting, um, um, you know, approached or something, when you sense a ghost like that, and there there is another language, then how, how do you end up communicating with them? Um, it's really an emotional connection. So they can make me feel love, or they can make me feel anger, or you know, hatred, or uh, anything. So I can read I can read their emotions. It's like looking at somebody's face and um, seeing, you know, either a smile or a scowl. Um, it kind of works the same way in um, as a medium. You just read their energy and you know what, what their intentions are. And I guess it's the same when you communicate with passed over pets? Absolutely, yes. But pets, I will tell you that the, the only difference is pets are never angry on the other side. Pets are never disgusted on the other side. Pets are never disappointed on the other side. Um, all they do, all they show is love. Why um, do you think that is? Like, why why are pets always happy on the other side, but humans aren't? Because they figured out what life is really about. That love, life is love, and and if you have love, then you have had a good life, no matter how short of a time you've had it. Humans always want more. Humans are terrible. <laughs> well, <laughs> except for the ones that listen to your program. <laughs> no, they're terrible too. We Come love on. them. No, I don't. They know. <laughs> they know I don't. I, I'm just gruntled radio guy. So uh, one of the things I wanted to mention to you, by the way, is that when I go on a paranormal investigation, I always carry a sketchbook. Um, and in this book, you will actually see quite a number of sketches that I have made of different ghosts that I have seen uh, because I, they show themselves to me in, you know, in, in my head. Um, so you'll get an idea of what it's like to be on a paranormal investigation with me um, because you'll be able to look at what I sketched. And uh, what's interesting there, Al, is that um, every ghost that I've sketched um, has been um, confirmed by the homeowners. Um, in one particular, in one particular chapter, it's, I think it's called the Steelworker. Yeah, mystery of the Steelworker's ghost. I sketched uh, a man 
um, kind of a stocky man with a, a balding head, and um, and then we get a thermal image, and you can actually see a, a bald man, the face and, and his face in that image. So, so that was kind of cool to get a confirmation. But uh, but this, yeah, the book has a lot of sketches that I've done. Well, that's pretty interesting. That's that's fascinating. Um, well, great. Um, so the book is called Case Files of Inspired Ghost Tracking, and it's uh, book one, and it's out mm-hmm. now. And uh, the author has been our guest, and it's uh, Rob, uh, I call it, say, Gutro. I guess I don't pronounce it right, but that's the Canadian in me. I <laughs> but Rob Gutro. Well, it used to be Gutro when my relatives were in Canada, and then they came to the U.S. and they changed it to Gutro. <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Well, thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you so much, Al. It's been a, a pleasure, and um, I, I hope everybody can uh, can pick up case files from Inspired Ghost Tracking and and tell me about their experiences. I'd love to hear them. Well, I'm sure they will, and we'll have your book listed on our website as well, so people can do one click and pick up the book. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.